0: Well Within Reach is brought to you by Riverside MyChart, your simple, secure, and confidential online health connection. With just a click, Riverside MyChart lets you stay well connected to the same information your doctor sees. You can request prescription refills, pay your bills, schedule your next appointment, and more. Manage your care from your laptop, tablet, or phone. Whether for yourself, your kids, or the grandparents, MyChart makes your busy life just a little easier. Learn more and enroll today at RiversideMyChart.org. Just another way to stay well connected from Riverside Healthcare. This is Carl Moronich. What can you expect if you undergo heart valve surgery? We'll pose that question and a few others to Dr. Arshad Yusuf, a cardiothoracic surgeon with the Riverside Heart and Vascular Institute. Dr. Yusuf will also tell us what it's like when all your brothers and sisters are doctors too. Makes for an interesting family get together, I'm sure. Listen in. Riverside Healthcare puts the health and wellness information you need well within reach. We are joined by Dr. Arshad Yusuf. Dr. Youssef, thanks for joining us today.
1: Oh, thank you very much for inviting me. It's an honor and privilege to be here and to be with you and at this hospital.
0: Ah, well, we appreciate all that. Thank you. And uh, I'd like to start by asking some personal questions not too personal but uh, tell us a little bit about your family and and uh, sure. and where you maybe first start with where you grew up
1: Well I was born in Pakistan and I had my medical education in Pakistan came to US about 20 years ago got trained in Jones surgery first in New York and then went on to Cleveland Clinic where I had my training in cardiothoracic surgery I've been in practice for about 15 years and currently I'm a faculty at University of Chicago Yeah and uh, for the last one year, we have been uh, uh, with um, we have been uh, coming to Riverside, uh, and we have a a very good um, relationship with Riverside. And we have been coming over and providing care to the patient in Kankakee area, and it's been a, a pleasure yeah. enjoying uh, taking care of the patients, working with the physicians in this area. Yeah. And the experience has been wonderful.
0: Yeah, well, I know Riverside is very glad to have you, as are the patients in the area. You've done some great work in the time you've been here. But uh, family, do you have
1: family? Thank you. Yeah, uh, me and my wife live in the Frankfurt area. Wow, very good. And uh, we have two kids. They go to college. My daughter has just been accepted uh, to University of Indiana oh, to very do good. law, oh, very and good. my son uh, plans to go into medicine, oh, so he still oh, has some ways huh. to go. He's yeah. in college
0: as yeah. well. Now, speaking about the decision to go into medicine, what prompted you to go? Into well, medicine?
1: I, I'm from a very big family. You know, I have uh, three brothers and two sisters, and to everybody's surprise, everybody is physician in my oh, home. Wow. Yeah, so my oldest uh, brother is a pediatrician. Then uh, uh, we have an ophthalmologist and a gastroenterologist. (laughs) So my father is not a physician at all. But, um, you know, he never pushed me to be a surgeon. But I I just had the feeling that there should be a surgeon in the family. So... (laughs) That led me to a surgery residency, and during my training, uh, I had the chance to work with some of the top surgeons uh, Mm -hmm. in the country and and thought about going into cardiac surgery. Yeah. And uh, and it's been a wonderful experience ever since.
0: So the family got a surgeon out of the deal, so you have a lot of areas represented.
1: That's true. And my two sisters, uh, uh, I have a sister, she's a, a radiologist, and I have a sister; she's a pulmonologist. Oh, okay. So it's a physician in the whole yeah. family.
0: Well, the family gatherings it must be an interesting conversation. You
1: we can... try not to talk about medicine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, the difference of opinion will get into a fight. <laughs> ah, we wouldn't want that. We wouldn't no, want
0: that. We're yeah. not going to fight today, I promise you that. <laughs> Thank but you. As
1: a cardiothoracic surgeon, you
0: you uh, surgery perform in the heart, but also the chest and other, other areas. So it's not just heart surgeon. Talk a little bit about some of the, the variety of surgeries that you do as a cardiothoracic
1: surgeon. So at Riverside, uh, we provide cardiovascular and thoracic surgery. That means anything to do with heart. It could be a blocked uh, artery giving rise to a heart attack. And patients present to our hospital uh, with chest pain, and they're usually seen by a cardiologist uh, who do an angiogram. And uh, then when the patient is referred to us, we do what's called as a bypass operation. Some patients have a leaking valve in the heart, and those present with shortness of breath, they have difficulty breathing. And those needs to be fixed. So that requires valve repair, or replacement. And sometimes the arteries from the heart get swollen. We call it aneurysm. Okay. And the normal size is about inch and a half. It becomes two and a half inches. Those arteries needs to be fixed, called an aneurysm repair. So those are all done at the Riverside Hospital. Then the thoracic part is to do with lungs. If somebody has who's been a smoker and unfortunately presents with a mass in the lung that turns out to be a cancer that needs to be dealt with with surgery that will require removing a part of the lung Mm -hmm. called a lobectomy. And sometimes we do treat people with pneumonia and um, we we call as uh, pus collected around the heart Mm -hmm. called, or the lungs called empyema that needed to be treated. And we are doing what we call as minimally invasive surgery Without doing a thoracotomy, we can make keyhole uh, incisions and put a little camera and clean up uh, infection. And the third part is vascular surgery. And the blood vessels supply blood to the brain and to the lower extremities. And because of smoking or other reasons, if those get blocked, some of the patients present with a stroke because the arteries to the brain have been clogged off. So Mm -hmm. those arteries need to be cleaned up. That will require surgery, and sometimes the arteries in the lower leg gets um, clogged off, so that needs bypass in the leg. The other part is uh, we call as aneurysm, and the arteries become dilated. It can dilate in the abdomen as well. Mm-hmm. And today, uh, in partnership with cardiology, Dr. Patel. Uh, We did uh, what we call EVAR, which is endoscopic uh, uh, repair of uh, aneurysm in which we put a stented graft through the groin and repair an aneurysm in the abdomen, which Mm. is... the abnormal dilatation of an artery that supplies blood. So you work with the
0: invasive cardiologist to. to we, we have that.
1: we have a heart team approach, meaning we have cardiologists, cardiac surgeons, nurses, anesthesiologists. We always discuss cases. And we do what's best for the patient.
0: Sure, yeah. I'm going to back up a little bit. You mentioned leaky valves on someone in the heart. Uh, if, if, a, if a patient is, is not feeling right, maybe you mentioned fatigue or some other things, g- generally oftentimes they would go to their primary care doctor to get a diagnosis who might then uh, send them to a cardiologist. Is that normally kind of how the procedure process the, would go?
1: This is what normally happens. And sometimes it's not easy. And I remember a patient from Watsika, He presented with shortness of breath, and uh, they have a leaking valve, and the blood backs up into the lungs, so the lungs appear like they are full of blood. Sometimes they are diagnosed as pneumonia, Mm -hmm. and this uh, patient shows up uh, uh, to uh, the emergency room. He was initially treated with uh, antibiotics. But the doctor was smart enough to know that uh, it's out of his limit. Mm -hmm. Let's send the patient to Riverside. So he shows up at our emergency room. We did an echocardiogram, which is uh, ultrasound of the heart. We put a little camera close to the heart and we take pictures. We found one of the valve uh, has ruptured Mm -hmm. and the blood was leaking back up into the lungs. So. But they initially thought it was pneumonia. It was not pneumonia. It was pulmonary edema, meaning Mm. the lungs were full of blood. Mm. So we went in and fixed his uh, valve, and he did great and went home, and he's doing great now.
0: Uh, Really, with all the things that you talked about, there's quite a variety Of procedures that you have the potential to do Uh, and let's talk a little bit about how the patients uh, from the range of those procedures what the patient might expect say in that valve surgery Uh, and you've been in medicine a a few years now just in the time you've been you've probably seen a difference in how you're performing these and the recovery time for the patient the protocols for recovery how much time they can expect to be to be laid up if you will so let's talk about a valve surgery and what might a patient expect from that kind of procedure
1: well if a patient comes to my clinic and presents with uh, a valve which is either leaking or is uh, not opening completely. And I try to explain to them that heart has four chambers and they're connected through a double door. And if the door doesn't open, and gets so the blood doesn't flow through the heart. That needs to be fixed. Or sometime if the door opens in both directions and that's what we call as a leaking valve. So they come for surgery in the morning Uh, And they show up at 6 o'clock, 7.30, they go to the operating room. We start around 9. It takes about three to four hours. So by 1 o'clock, we're done with surgery. They go to the intensive care unit. They're still sleepy. We wait three to four hours when they're fully awake. The breathing tube comes out. The next morning, they're in a chair starting to walk. Uh, The following day, they're out of ICU. And the tubes come out. And uh, in three to four days, they're ready to go home. Mm-hmm. Now, depending on the home circumstances, if they live by themselves, not much support at home, then we suggest they go to a small rehab, which is available at our hospital till they're strong enough to go home. Some patients want to go home and go back to their beds. So we try to arrange a visiting nurse service to go visit them a couple of times a week. So it usually takes about uh, four days in the hospital. Plus, the recovery period is about four weeks, so Mm -hmm. even when they go home, sometimes they feel weak and tired, so it takes about four weeks Mm -hmm. before they get back to normal. Mm -hmm. The only precautions I I tell them is not to drive. They get into an accident, and the front of the chest hits the steering wheel. That's not good, Mm -hmm. or lift anything heavy. Other than that, they can do anything, and some of them bounce back so well that in two weeks, they want to get back to work and get back to their life. Yeah. And so, but normally it takes about four weeks. Yeah. But the prognosis
0: after those four weeks for most patients is really a normal, a normal life again.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I tell you this story about another patient. over this weekend, not at Riverside or Watsika, at another hospital, had the same leaking valve. And if treatment is not uh, provided to the patient, they can they can expire. And this unfortunate patient was in a different hospital. I was called over the weekend and uh, then i got another call within 10 15 minutes the patient passed away mm. so this is serious disease uh, mm. a leaking valve and uh, this needs to be treated aggressively yeah. and the only unfortunate treatment is surgical yeah
0: so let's talk again about the symptoms if if what what should people look for is their health might change a little bit that could be uh, alert them to to look into this
1: the, the 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 valve can either get stenotic meaning the door doesn't open completely or it can leak it can happen over a period of time. It can happen, uh, and so they notice progressively they're getting more tired or they're getting more short of breath. Or it can happen suddenly. Suddenly, they just can't breathe. So if it happens suddenly, that's life-threatening. Mm-hmm. So uh, they should go to emergency room right away. And then, uh, you know, the emergency room should assess the patient and see if they have the capacity to take care of such a patient. If not, they Mm -hmm. should be flown to a center like our Mm -hmm. hospital. Uh, If it happens over a period of time, then they have more time. They can go to the primary care physician from there, should be referred uh, to a cardiologist or at least get an echocardiogram, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, doing an ultrasound of the heart to see how the heart function is and valve function is. Yeah. And just take it from there.
0: Sure. That, that always makes me think the, of the importance of getting regular checkups. So if there's a change in your condition or a change in some of these things from year to year, your primary care doctor is going to, going to see that, notice that, and it could alert you to some of these things. Is that good advice?
1: That's very good advice. Plus, uh, you know, in this area, I've noticed some patients that put off going to a doctor mm-hmm. and, and that's, that's common, which yeah. is, uh, you know, unfortunate, because if they're not feeling well, they're being tired for a while, short of breath, they shouldn't put off going to a doctor. I think yeah. it's time, and in, in most, uh, almost all primary care physicians in this area are, are very good. Yeah. So if they go, I'm sure they get the proper care. Yeah. But they should not put off going to a doctor. Yeah. That's very important, yeah. particularly in this day and age when we have all this care and treatment available uh, just next door and not to use it is kind of unfortunate.
0: Yeah, that makes me think of a couple cases I know of that you've you've been involved in since the time you've been here at Riverside. Um, a couple of patients, and I, and I thought I'm going to say that the procedure right, a descending aorta, that that uh, a very emergent situation that fortunately you were here, able to, to take care and treat a couple of these patients who, who really wouldn't have survived otherwise. And, and I know after that you spoke to the idea of you being in the community, having these services available here, where in some cases if they're not available that locally, it could be the difference between life and death. It's got to be very rewarding for you to be to be in that kind of position.
1: You know, it's kind of uh, good that you talked about it because uh, I did meet with uh, a couple of folks from University of Chicago today, and they were looking at what we have been doing here, and they were kind of surprised because uh, in the past, those patients were flown to University of Chicago. And, uh, you know, I remember at least two, two such patients. One was a dear friend of, uh, he's become a friend now. He shows up in the emergency room with uh, the aorta, which is the big artery from the heart, takes blood to the whole body, that ruptured. And luckily, the rupture was very contained. If it would have ruptured, he would have died. Now I made it to the emergency room. And he looked like a very normal, healthy, and, you know, nice family. And, and we were able to do an echocardiogram, which is, again, the ultrasound of the heart, and a CAT scan, CD scan of the chest. We found that rupture. We took him to the uh, operating room right away. He had a great repair, and he did fantastic. He continues to do well. That's one patient. Another one was an older lady who had an aneurysm, which is a slowly the artery had become bigger and shows up with uh, one of the aortic valve on which the artery sits, and it become tight. It's called stenotic, then open completely. So she needed that valve replaced and also the ascending aorta repaired. Uh, big operation in an older lady. She did very well. We operated here, and she's doing great. So, you know, these are a couple of cases which were very challenging, but, uh, you know, I'm so happy we have um, uh, at Riverside, we have the facility, um, the not just physician, but nursing wise, anesthesiologist, support from the administration and the, you know, f- uh, people in the operating room, the equipment and everything. Wow. And, and and the other thing I noticed that a lot of patients, they don't want to drive north. Sure. And they're happy that all this is available here and mm-hmm. you know, cutting edge, top notch uh, uh, services. And um, and I'm happy for them, and I'm happy that we are able to do this uh, at this institution. Sure. Well, it makes a difference,
0: I'm sure, for the patient if their
1: family is able to be close
0: and come and see them. It has to help their recovery and just help the whole process for them.
1: Sure. Sure. Yeah. It's it's very. I'm um, they're very thankful at the end and. Uh, you know, I see them all the time. They come in for rehab, which is after heart surgery, they go through a process of exercise and mm-hmm. training again. And yeah. I see them every day. And, yeah. you know, it's nice to see them doing well. People sure. who were brought here in ambulances in and on a stretcher, now walking like normal people. They've lost weight. They're in great shape. You're good to see that, yeah. uh, and they're, they're so grateful, so thankful.
0: And I hope when you get together for family reunions, you tell all your brothers and sisters about those great stories.
1: You Well, we try not to talk about <laughs> medicine, because they all come from different specialties. Yeah. And, and but we do talk once yeah. in a while. And well, those
0: are rewarding stories to yeah. tell them. They can't argue with with that kind of. That's that true.
1: Kind of and, and and you know, we have had a couple of videos uh, of patient testimonies, and I did send to my brothers and sisters, and and you know, they were very proud. Very good.
0: Dr. Yusuf, we appreciate your time today. Uh, the time's gone quickly, We're, uh, but we appreciate you joining us and uh, and sharing all this with uh, with the folks who are listening to the podcast.
1: Oh, thank you very much. Thank you for your time. Enjoyed it.